it's going to be hard for you to believe. I am perfect. Yes. Yes. What? Come on. <laughs> no, I, oh, well, my hair's per- That doesn't have anything to do with it. Um, my hair's not perfect, so I cannot be perfect. I am not perfect. And today we're going to talk about a prophet. You guys know what a prophet is? Who can tell me what a prophet is? Elijah? Okay, you got to come up here and say that again slower. He's gonna, this is exactly, this is the JBQ answer, right? All right, here it is. This is a good answer to what a prophet is. Go ahead, speak into my microphone. A prophet is a person God chose to speak for him in a special way through the power of the Holy Spirit. Beautiful. All right, you guys get that? It's a person, 20 points right there. Is that 10-pointer? 10-pointer. All right, I'm going to give you 20. A prophet is somebody that God has chosen to speak for him, okay? So Jonah was somebody that God chose to, to speak for him. But before we get into the story, I had some, some notes for you guys here. Everyone look up here. Put your planes under your, under your seat right now. No distractions. All right. Now, First, a couple of notes. You're going to hear a word, Nineveh. You're going to hear the city of Nineveh. Anyone ever heard of that place before? Nineveh? All right. Nineveh, as we get into our story, Nineveh is the city that God told Jonah to go to and preach to and have them repent. Now, I don't know if you knew this, but Nineveh at the time was the largest city in the world. It was huge, huge, gigantic city. It was the, it was the capital city of the Assyrian nation, okay? You know how there were the Israelites, the Amalekites, the Philistines? Well, the Assyrians were another nation. Their capital city, Bismarck, you know, Bismarck is the capital of North Dakota, right? Assyrian's capital city, Nineveh. This place, huge, gigantic, okay? But the people of Nineveh were very, very, very wicked. Yeah, they were bad, okay? They did not do things that pleased God, all right? So let's get into our story. Uh, Jonah is a book in the Bible. If you guys want to read it later on, he's one of the minor prophets. Uh, he was a prophet in the Old Testament, and he even has a book of the Bible named after him. Jonah's story begins when God gave him a message. God said this, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it, because I have seen how wicked the people are. Now, this message was very simple, right? What's the message? What did God tell Jonah to do? Raise your hand or your elbow. Raise your hand or your elbow. Madison? That's right. And do what? Preach to them. Tell them that God was bringing his judgment. They needed to turn from their wicked, wicked ways. Pretty simple message, right? Pretty straightforward. All right. Now, the message was simple. Go to Nineveh. However, Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh. He didn't want to go. But before we get there, here's another interesting note that maybe you didn't know. Jonah is the only prophet that was sent out to speak to the sinners. He was sent out of Israel, sent out of his people to go speak. All the other prophets were always sent to talk to the Israelites, the Hebrews, their own kind. But Jonah, this was different for Jonah. He was given a different sort of mission. He was told to go out and talk to these Ninevites, these Assyrians, Go somewhere else, okay? By sending Jonah to the Ninevites, God was showing that he cared for all people, not just the Jews, which is what they thought. Because during the time, because they were the chosen people, right? Who are the chosen people? The Jews, the Israelites, right? That was, they were God's chosen people. 
they sort of had this arrogance about them, like, we're the best. Yeah, 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 we got the ultimate God, whatever. You guys need to worship us, okay? They had that sort of an attitude, but God was sending Jonah out saying, no, 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 it's not just you guys. I care about everybody, and these people are wicked. I need you to go tell them about me, okay? So Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh. I'll tell you a little bit about that later, why he didn't want to go. He decided to do something that wasn't very smart. He disobeyed God. Oh my goodness. I know, how dare he? Nobody has ever done that before in this room, right? We are all blameless and sinless. Oh. All right. Now the Bible says that Jonah went in the opposite direction to try and get away from the Lord. He went to the port city of Joppa and bought a ticket so he could sail to Tarshish. Unfortunately for Jonah, disobeying God never turns out well. Now Tarshish was most likely located in the area of Spain. You guys know Spain on the map? You guys picture that? Okay. And uh, Nineveh was in the complete opposite direction. Okay, so Jonah literally thought, I'm going to run away from God. I'm going to go the opposite direction. So he heads for, he heads for Tarshish. Okay. Tarshish. Everyone say it three times fast. Tarshish. 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 Right. Now, why did Jonah flee? Why did he flee? Not why did he have fleas. I don't know. Maybe he did have fleas. Why did, I'm sorry, that was bad. Why did he flee? You think he was scared? Okay. What else? Jackson? Okay. He thought, yeah, that was, that's actually Moses. That's a good guess though. Yeah. Moses killed an Egyptian. Um, Jonah, Jonah fled. He tells us in chapter four, he fled because he was afraid, I'll get this, he was afraid that the people of Nineveh would repent and be saved. He didn't want this to happen. He wanted them to be punished for what they had done. So the reason why Jonah didn't want to go, he didn't want to go and have these wicked people change their hearts. Yikes, right? <laughs> okay. Huh? He just didn't want, because... Like I said, there was an arrogance about them. He didn't want them to be saved. He didn't want them to know about God, to be forgiven. He thought that they should get what they deserve. Now, you can't really look badly on Jonah on this because we've done this too, haven't we? How many of you have wanted somebody to get it, you know, get in trouble for doing something? Come on, get your hands up. Brother, if you've got a brother or sister, you, have, you should have both hands up because you are, your whole goal is to get your other brother and sister into trouble. I know. That is the goal. I know. Right? <laughs> right? Yes. That's the goal. So for Jonah to feel ill-willed towards the Assyrians, the Ninevites, that's nothing that we can judge. Okay? And our job here is not to go, oh, Jonah, tisk, tisk, tisk. Okay? We're learning, this, we're learning this story so we can learn a little bit more about God. Let's figure out what happens later on. While Jonah was out to sea on board the ship, God sent a powerful storm. Soon, all the sailors on the ship feared for their lives. They were scared that the ship might come apart or it might start sinking. Now, they were willing to try anything, so they threw their cargo overboard, hoping that that would help. But the storm continued. The sailors knew that this storm was sent as punishment, but they didn't know why. All right, so we got some professional sailors. Now, you know if these guys are freaking out, this is, a, this is an issue, all right, because they've been, they live on the sea 
they've used to storms. For them to start throwing cargo out, it would be like them taking money and throwing it out the sea. It'd be like you going out on the boat, you're on the James River, and you're on a storm, and you got like thousands of dollars in your hand, and like, ah, and start throwing your money out. All right? Because the cargo on the ships, that was how they made their money. By throwing the cargo off, they were so desperate, they didn't know what to do, that they threw their stuff off, thinking, well, maybe this would help. If we lighten the load, maybe we'll be all right. It didn't help. It actually got worse. And so they realized, you know what? This is supernatural. This is something that is supernatural. This is a crazy storm. Something's going on here. So they cast lots, and they learned that it was because of Jonah that the storm was there. Now, if you guys don't know what that is, how many of you have ever heard that saying before? They cast lots. Sometimes, mostly in the Old Testament that happened, um, once in the New Testament, or a couple times in the New Testament, it happened too, all right? What that meant was sort of like they had like some sort of like dice or something with either colors or something, and, and they would throw it and leave it to chance, and whatever that landed on, okay, that's the answer, all right? Now, in the Old Testament, this happens a couple times, and actually, God uses them casting lots to get his will, like in this, for instance, when he made it so that they knew it was Jonah. But maybe a question arises, like, well, I don't I just do that now. I don't just get some dice and write yes and no on it. And should I punch my brother in the face? Yes. All right. Thanks, God. All right. Why don't we do that anymore? All right. In the New Testament, they actually used the casting of lots to figure out who the new disciple was going to be. Okay. The reason why we don't do that anymore is because we have the Holy Spirit now. After the Holy Spirit came, nobody cast lots anymore. There's no need for that because we had the power of the Holy Spirit in us to help us decide and discern what to do. No need to rely on those chants anymore. All right. So, he, so they found out it was Jonah, and he explained that he was trying, and Jonah explained he was trying to run from God and that the storm was all his fault. And the sailors asked what they should do. And Jonah said, throw me into the sea, and it will become calm again. Now think about this. What is Jonah doing? He's not killing himself. He's having himself be thrown in knowing that he would die. He's not giving up like, oh, I'm just going to throw myself over and end it all. He said, throw, you say, he said, you guys throw me in, okay? I, this is my punishment for disobeying God. I'm willing to accept that. This was the most noble thing Jonah could have done, one of the most noble things in the Bible. He was willing to say, you know what? I messed up. I know where I am. He realized, he's like, throw me in. Jonah didn't know what was going to happen next. All he knew was, the storm is because of me. I deserve this. Throw me in. Sailors didn't want to do that, though. That's the other cool. That shows the integrity of these sailors, who, by the way, weren't following God. They were the sinners that Jonah was supposed to be talking to, the same kind of sinners. They didn't believe in God. They believed in many kinds of gods. But they still had the integrity to go, no, we're not throwing this guy overboard. So they, they didn't want to do it. Uh, and so they rowed even harder. They rowed even harder. The sailors rowed the boat as hard as they could, trying to escape the storm and get to the land. But the more they tried, the worse the storm got. And they knew what they had to do. And they cried out to God. They said, oh, Lord, don't make us die for this man's sins. And don't hold us responsible for his death. Oh, Lord, you have sent this storm upon him for your own good reasons. Then they picked up Jonah they picked up Jonah and they threw him into the sea. Immediately, it says this in the Bible, it says, immediately the storm stopped and the sea became calm. But God didn't just let 
Jonah drown. Instead, he sent a huge fish, and the fish swallowed Jonah, and he was alive inside the fish for three days. Now, this must have been a really scary time for Jonah. He wasn't in danger of drowning anymore, but now he's trapped in the stomach of this fish. It was probably, it was probably very dark, very uncomfortable, incredibly smelly, slimy, gross, things slushing all around, all right? Yeah, totally disgusting. Now, here's what I wanted to mention. Uh, the next thing that Jonah does is absolutely amazing. In, in the pit of this fish's stomach, the low point of his life, probably thinking, and he's right, it cannot get any worse than this. I ran away from God. I caused the storm that almost killed these innocent people, and now I had to be thrown overboard, and now I'm, I'm laying in this dark, disgusting stomach. What he does next is absolutely amazing. Jonah prays. He prays to God, and he promised that he was going to obey. I want to read that prayer to you this morning. It's in Jonah chapter 2. You guys can just listen. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from inside the fish. He said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble, and he answered me. I called to you from the world of the dead, and the Lord, you heard me. You threw me into the ocean depths, and I sank down into the heart of the sea. I was buried beneath your wild and stormy waves. Then I said, O Lord, you have driven me from your presence. How will I ever again see your holy temple? I sank beneath the waves, and death was very near. The waters closed in around me, and seaweed wrapped itself around my head. I sank down in the very roots of the mountains. I was locked out of life and imprisoned in the land of the dead. So he's saying, look, it's I know it was over. I was facing my own death as I was dropping to the bottom of the ocean. But you, O oh Lord, my God, have snatched me from the yawning jaws of death. When I had lost all hope, I turned my thoughts once more to you. And my earnest prayer went out to you in the holy temple. Those who worship false gods turn their backs on all God's mercies, but I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise, and I will fulfill all my vows, for my salvation comes from the Lord alone. So what's happening here? Jonah is at the bottom. He's realizing, I'm about to die, but through that death, what does he do? He prays, and he gives God the praise. He says, God, I'm sorry. He goes, I, I'm sorry. I know I deserve this. Thank you for saving me. I'm sorry for what I've done. I want to save, and, and I want to save those people. The next verse says, Then the Lord ordered the fish to spit up Jonah on the beach, and it did. He was thrown, he was, he was thrown up. Then God had the fish spit Jonah out on the dry land, and Jonah went to Nineveh like God had told him to in the beginning. And Jonah delivered God's message to the people of Nineveh, telling them that God was angry and that he would destroy the city. The people of Nineveh became very sad, and they repented. That means that they stopped doing the evil things that had made God angry. And God showed mercy on them, and he did not destroy the city. Jonah went to Nineveh, and the people there repented and turned their lives 
to God. When God calls us to do something, we don't always know why. Or maybe why me, right? What, 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 why have I been chosen to do this? But you know what? God knows why. And if Jonah continued not to obey, then all those people in Nineveh would have died without repenting. And God would have destroyed that city if Jonah didn't obey. If God speaks to you and gives you instruction, take it very seriously, even if you don't understand it. Now, I'm telling you these things now because even though you might be sitting there going, I'm a kid, I don't have to worry about this. All I have to worry about is playing outside and picking on my brothers and sisters, all right? If that's what you're thinking, yeah, but guess what? That's not, that doesn't have to be the case. The closer you get to God, he will speak to you and he'll give you instructions and he'll tell you what to do. He may reveal to you right now at your young age what he wants you to do when you grow up. He's done that before. He's done that. Now, he also sent us his instructions on how to live. But more importantly, he sent the Bible to us to show us how we can experience true joy. Where's God's instructions for us? Right here. Now, what I want you to understand is that this is not a rule book. Okay? There are things in here that give us guidance on how to live. But God's true reason why he gave us the Bible, why he gave us rules to follow, is because he wants us to experience true joy. He wants you to be happy. He doesn't want you to be miserable, living in a cave, observing the Sabbath. All right, like, I will not talk to anybody. I will never sin. I cannot sin in this cave, okay? God doesn't want that for you. He doesn't want you to become a hermit and grow like a really long beard and, and, and just hang out all by yourself. That's not what he wants. That isn't why he gave us this. And he's not up there going, you disobeyed. You disobeyed. Okay? That's not the God of mercy that we know and love. God gave us these things because he wants us to be happy. He wants you guys to be full of joy because the truth is there's lots of joy that the world will try to offer you, but it will never fulfill you like the relationship you have with God. Never will. It may have for a season. There may be points where you're like, this is the happiest I've ever been in my life. Okay? And that can happen. But if you're not walking in God's presence, those, those times will be made and they will go away. When you're walking in God's presence, He will show you what true joy is. But the important thing is that we have to obey Him. Okay? Spark heads.